Welcome to podcast 12 of Financial Frameworks, where the goal is to help you increase your financial decision-making skills, building on what you already know. Today, we will talk about budgeting skills and frameworks to use in the context of our current situation, an inflationary and recessionary time. These are skills that you can apply for small-scale expenditures, everyday expenses, and for larger purchase considerations. We will focus primarily on cash flow and risk within the context of cost versus worth. In podcast three, we looked at budgeting briefly during an inflationary time period and how the increased cost of one item, gasoline, affected a person's entire budget. Today, we will add some tools that take into account timing. Will costs go up or down in the near term over the next two to six months? And we will also include assessing choices during a possible recession. Current financial news is spotlighting whether we are in a recession right now, is it on the horizon, or has it already occurred? As well as focusing on the damaging increased rate of inflation, 9.1% increase year over year was reported for the month of June. The news talks about what that means in business and in interest rate terms. Today's podcast focuses on personal and business budgeting by analyzing expenses, as I mentioned, within the basic framework of cost versus worth. That's our primary framework here. And more specifically in terms of cash flow and risk when calculating cost versus worth in a time of high inflation. Remembering that none of us, or at least nobody that I know, has a crystal ball to predict the future, how does a person figure out how to spend money prudently, getting the most value out of each dollar when inflation is at the current 9.1% rate? In this podcast, we will go through a set of questions that will provide ways to make the elephant sandwich of managing inflation and recessions into bite-sized chunks and also highlight how to combine financial data with your own values. There are basically four questions that cover most worth versus price situations in an inflation period. I will outline the questions, then we'll go through them with examples one by one. For small purchases, small dollar value, the question is, I know that this must be purchased. For example, groceries. The total bill may be sizable, but there are choices within the total order that I can exercise. So how can I find a way to reduce the cost of my total grocery bill by the choices that I make within it? With regard to larger ticket items and one-time expenditures, things that are significant. Number one, do I buy something now before it costs more as inflation is rising? Or do I hold off on the purchase because I think inflation will be decreasing in the near future? Number two, will the possibility of an upcoming recession cause me to delay the purchase due to a possible reduction of my wages or my future income? And then number three, do I buy something even though it impacts my current revenues negatively and this is a high price period? but it is a long-term investment that will pay for itself. All of these questions involve some sort of projection-making regarding future money availability. In those cases where the dollar amounts are small, for example, a jar of peanut butter or a car wash, 
the principle is still the same. What do I spend now so that I have more later? In this podcast, the goal is to increase the clarity of your thinking, whether the amounts are small or large and the time frames are short or lengthy. Making accurate financial projections is a valuable skill to have, especially at a time like this. Having the ability to project longer into the future and for larger worth versus cost items that affect your salary or your business is extremely useful because you might pick up a bargain or you may save funds by not making a purchase that are extremely useful later on or are needed for a surprise. Furthermore, being able to make projections means that you process information and you're looking at a lot of data. And that's very valuable. That's a good skill to have because look at all the mixed messages we get. On any given day, you will read that the recession is coming. The recession is over. The recession is here right now. It's going to be severe. It's going to be mild. It'll be just like 2009 all of this conflicting evidence. So now we'll look at the two categories. Everyday necessities. Applying cost versus worth when buying everyday items, and we use groceries, so we'll stick with that, and we'll apply it to peanut butter. Will I or my children only eat Skippy or Peter Pan peanut butter? If the answer is yes, then my cash flow stays the same. I haven't been able to lower it, And I then ask the risk question. If I don't lower my grocery bill cash flow, will this reduce the amount available to me in the future? Well, the answer is yes, because the money's been spent. But let's make an estimate here. In six months, if prices increase or the recession occurs, where will I be? The one thing you don't want to happen is something I saw in a grocery store checkout line about three weeks ago. We were in line behind uh, a young woman with three children. Uh, They were small children. They were very active, but they were well-behaved, and she was uh, doing a good job of keeping them occupied uh, while not handing out popsicles. And they got to the end of her order. She had a full cart piled high. The cashier gave her the total, and you could see on her face that she was stunned. She looked at the cashier, And I remember her saying, how can that be? I didn't think I bought that many non-grocery items. She also realized there was nothing she could do about it at this point. Uh, She returned her attention to the children, went back to the cashier, paid the bill, and walked out of the grocery store. It was pretty clear that she was going to go over that bill closely because it surprised her. And... It clearly affected her equilibrium. Large dollar purchases. Again, measuring cost versus worth for a large ticket item and using cash flow and risk. Let's look at two examples. We'll use as an example, a home improvement purchase that will make your home more energy efficient and comfortable. And the second example will be a piece of equipment for a small business, we'll say software that could increase revenues. Before we look at the numbers, always remember that your assessment and your analysis is a combination of your beliefs, your experiences, and the financial data or numbers that you use. To illustrate this point, I'll quote Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway in comments that he made at a Berkshire Hathaway meeting. Mr. Munger was asked 
by an investor what his formula was for investing. He was specifically asked to work the arithmetic and help the person with a formula for deciding whether or not to invest. Munger initially responded in general terms, but then he gave an overview of his process in purchasing shares of Costco, a company that he has a great deal of affection for. I quote, I can't give you a formulaic approach because I don't use one. I mix in all the factors that you recited, several of my own, and if the gap between value and price is not attractive, I move on. For example, when I bought Costco, I looked at a number of things. They always buy cheap real estate. Their margins are good. The durability of their earnings is impressive. The industry that they're in is growing. Their personnel systems are impressive. I just saw a lot of things that I liked, but there wasn't a formula. If you like formulas and want formulas, go to graduate school. And if there were formulas for investing that worked, every CPA in the U.S. would be a millionaire. End of quotation. In short, you need to combine your experience, your awareness of what choices have worked out with relevant data, and the insight of your personal values. Now, on to the bigger expense question. Question number one, do I buy something now before it costs more, or do I hold off on the purchase because inflation will be decreasing in a little while? The cash flow portion of it. Assess how much and how long your income or revenues will be reduced, both as dollars and as a percentage. So if you purchase this, there's going to be a monthly payment. How much is your income or your revenue reduced every month? What is that number and what is is it as a percentage of your total revenue? The second piece of the cash flow, you need to make an estimate about future inflation. Most importantly, ask yourself, what are my criteria for determining the coming inflation rates? You answer this by listing the probable causes for inflation. For example, if you think that inflation is largely caused by shipping delays and supply chain issues, well, it'll go away in a little while. However, if you think that inflation will last for another year, because people have a lot of money to spend and they're not sensitive to prices, list your criteria and that will give you a sense of how long you think it will last. Secondly, estimate when the cost of the expenditure, in this case, the energy efficiency thing or the software, when the cost of the expenditure might drop. Do you think that the price of the energy efficiency item that you're looking at the price is high right now, but people will be less interested in it in six months so that the price will drop by 10 or 15% and inflation will have gone down. Write that down. With that knowledge as a best guess, and these are complicated times. For example, a friend of mine was looking at purchasing energy efficient windows and was told by the lumber yard that the minimum would be 12 weeks, and if he ordered a different type of window, it would be 30 weeks before a delivery would occur. Well, my first thought to him was, well, what's inflation going to be like in 12 weeks? What's it going to be like in 30 weeks? Will there be increased supply? Will the cost go down? Will the cost go up? So again, you have to make an estimate here, but I would recommend writing it down 
And now you have estimated prices and you've incorporated your values into what you are most likely to do. The last risk question you would ask is how critical is either one to you? Because that will determine whether you're willing to uh, engage in some risk or forego the consumption. We've talked about highly resilient organizations in the past and HROs try to anticipate or plan for the worst, but be prepared for everything. So they would produce a range of alternatives and then assess which one they believe was most likely to happen, lengthy inflation or short term. The second question to ask using our cost versus worth budgeting for inflation is will the possibility of an upcoming recession cause me to delay the purchase due to possible reduction of my wages or future income? On the cash flow side, how much money would stop coming in if a recession affected your business or your industry? Would it be like 2020 where economic activity simply stopped but started back up again within three to five months due to a number of factors? Or would it be like 2009 where the effects lingered for years? You have to make an estimate. Using the risk data that I will now talk about, you have to assign a probability. The risk analysis portion of this question is very similar to the question above. List the factors that you believe would cause a recession in your industry. High gas prices, high diesel prices, lack of supplies. There's a great concern about an upcoming housing crisis because the prices are so high that people may not be able to buy them. So you create a list of factors and you assign a probability factor based on the knowledge that you have and any research that you do. And I'll suggest a couple of research resources at the end of the podcast. Last question, do I buy something even though it impacts my current revenues, but it's a long-term investment that will pay for itself? The cash flow portion of the analysis is to compare the expenditures with the savings or the revenues over time using current cost basis for the savings or current rates for increased revenue. And you do that just in a straight cash flow way. Do it before doing any discounted cash flows. And some corporations will want to see the investment paid back in three, four, or five years. Moderately aggressive business people will be happy to see it with a 15% increased profit after two to three years. So on the cash flow side, if you are very confident that it will pay the bill for the investment and produce a profit of 15% in three years, and you're very, very sure of that, you've done all the research, and even if a recession occurs, you'll at least break even, then the cash flow analysis says this is a good thing to do. The risk analysis. Your assumptions regarding the savings in the case of the energy efficiency purchase or the revenues or like the software, your assumptions are what drive the calculations. Where are the customers that are going to produce the revenues that pays for the new software? Looking at your electricity bill and looking at the production cost, 
on your electricity bill and the amount of oil or the amount of wood that you use in your home, you solidly estimate what savings will occur. And your estimate should be conservative. By that, I mean that the upfront cost estimates should be high and the revenue or the savings estimates should be at the low end of the range. And if those numbers support your risk analysis, then it's a good thing to do. If they don't support it, then you have to think about it. Okay, let's summarize our last 10 or 15 minutes. We've reviewed the questions and the key metrics for deciding how to spend money during high inflation periods in the context of cost versus worth, using cash flow and risk as the key criteria. It wasn't complicated. It uses information that is in front of you today, and it requires you to be clearer in looking at that information, more thoughtful. I recommend one additional step. Make a habit of it. Make a habit of looking for cash flow and risk information. Use that habit in monitoring your personal and your business cash flow. Focusing on these things will cause you to see patterns for potential expense reduction and income growth. The repetition will cause you to see details that you might have overlooked before. That's what habits do. I now have three questions for you to chew on before our next podcast, because the next podcast will stick with this topic, but we'll look at it from a different perspective. The questions that I am giving you today are to develop your looking into the future skills. So here's the three questions. In the past three months, estimate what you've spent as a percentage more because of inflation on routine purchases like gasoline or groceries. How much more money did you spend in the last three months because of inflation? If you have time, compare some bills, but an estimate is fine. Number two, make an estimate of what you will spend dollars and percentages due to inflation in the next three months. What do you think is going to happen in the next three months? How much more will you spend on gas due to inflation? Write down your estimate, put it on a piece of paper and review it three months from now. Number three, let's say that you're considering a purchase of X dollars. We'll say $500 or $1,000 or whatever for your home or for your business. After listening to this podcast, I have gone back through my thinking and this is what I'm thinking now. Here are my criteria for going forward or for waiting. I will put these same three questions on my website and answer them using my criteria and my estimates. Now, I said that I would provide some resources. I'll give you two sets of resources. One is straight data about inflation. It's www.bea.gov, the Bureau of Economic Analysis. It's part of the Commerce Department. And they mostly deal with economic production data, gross domestic product, gross services. The second one is www.bls.gov, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They provide economic data like consumer price index, unemployment data, that sort of thing. These two websites contain facts. 
They contain no opinions. They just present the raw data, both in numbers, but in a lot of really useful and helpful charts. The second set of resources are opinion. They have facts as well, but they also have an agenda and they have a point of view that they want to get across to you. There's nothing wrong with that. Every story has an opinion or a bias. The three sources that I recommend to you are Bloomberg. If you Google Bloomberg, you'll get their data feed and their stories, and some will be available to you, and some are limited to subscribers. But it's a good data source, and it's also what's topical. Second one is Yahoo Finance. I use them for things that I want to be current about. Uh, prices, markets, equity markets, the bond market. Uh, it's a good source of data. And they have a couple of writers cover a number of topics, and there's one or two that I really like. Uh, I recommend that. And the third one is a columnist for the New York Times, uh, but his work appears elsewhere as well. His name is Thomas B. Edsel, E-D-S-A-L-L. His columns tend to be lengthy. They tend to be packed with data, but they're very, very insightful. And they usually uh, connect the past with the present and look into the future a little bit. So there's a lot of historical continuity in there in a fairly short read. So I recommend that to you. As before, I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you. And I look forward to bringing you podcast 13, in which we will look at the mechanics of the Federal Reserve and how those mechanics filter into your life and mine economically in terms of interest rates and the business cycle. Uh, we will have uh, a guest conversationalist. I won't call him a speaker because it'll be a conversation in Dr. Philip Giles, who's been affiliated with Columbia University for a long time. Uh, he has taught finance, money and banking, fixed income, securities, interest rate theory to institutions, banks, uh, investment bankers uh, all over the world. And he is uh, very sharp, he's very clear, and he's very smart. I think that you will enjoy that conversation. And it's basically what we talked about today, but from a different perspective. Thank you again for listening. Take care. Mike Lee Hinn.